let kids be bad at things, but knowing that them being bad at things means they're going to be great at them and things don't have to be clean so fast, you know, but you want things to be perfect where you're younger. So then you have to learn to let go um, and just let performers be performers and be bad at it. Like you have to be, you know, it's like when you were a baby, you like tried to walk, but fell down 50 times and then you figured it out. Welcome back to So You Think You're Box 5, where we talk about all things marching arts, from the bad, bad, to the good, good. From the struggle bus to the perfect 20. I'm Montana. And I'm Pedro. And we back at it for that perfect 20 episodes. Here we go, the big 2-0, double digit, well, double decades. <laughs> double decades. Double decades. No, that's, yeah, okay, that's funny. It's, I can I can roll with that. I can roll with it. Double decades. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> this week we interviewed Stephanie Chavez. The crowd goes wild. What a good time. What a good person. I swear we should have been friends so long ago. So so long ago. I think we vibe together so well like the three of us like it felt like we were just like chit-chatting old times like oh man she was so much fun it's okay well y- y'all will find out in the episode too but it's wild that she was supposed to teach the cadet 2014 yeah i remember seeing her on the staff list and i was like oh because i knew who she was and i was like oh i said oh snap i was like we <laughs> in it because she is such a rifle diva that i'm like oh yes yeah we would have been with her all summer that would have been great but you know i'm glad we met her through this little project that we got going on yeah me too well before we get into too much let's just get into the episode hello hey hello mate (laughs) hello this is so exciting y'all for real like look look at my moving status like i'm on the ground yes (laughs) oh my are you on an air mattress too no, no, it's my regular mattress. Let's say hello drum core for right. a second. Okay. <laughs> I could I couldn't do that to my normal boyfriend. He doesn't know what drum core is. Oh wow, you have a regular. Yeah, I'm dating a regular. Oh my god, I love that. It <laughs> there that needs to be a whole episode dating outside of the activity. I yes. Swear. People think you're just like a specimen. Like I feel like an exhibit at the zoo when I start to talk about what I do. Just yep. like stare at him like, okay, I like it. Typical. Yo, Typical. somebody um so i was in new york and one of my friends from oregon uh, moved to new york to study like library sciences or something we're like exact opposite people but like we like vibe really well because of it and she was asking about like how i know people out in the area or whatever and i was just like kind of like talking around the activity and they're just talking about how like oh yeah they they're out here now but they were in texas and blah 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 i met them in denver or whatever and she's like pedro you're like international and i had to like step back i was like you know what bitch <laughs> Pedro International is what it is now. <laughs> but library sciences, like, come on, we are way more interesting than that. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, it's a necessary thing. But wow, look at this! We're <laughs> finally, oh, man, this is so exciting. I'm so glad to finally be doing this. I think with the circumstances of our lives right now, it kind of oh yeah, like, it oh, just makes sense. Yes, it's perfect. 
Uh, but yes, thank you for coming on our show. We really appreciate you taking the time to just hang out with us for a bit. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you've marched, where you've been? Sure, I can try. I'm, I'm, I'm already hitting like year 14, 15, and I've already lost track of half the stuff I've done. Yeah. Um, well, I started in high school, like everybody else in some way, shape or form. Um, I went to Cypress Falls High School and I got introduced to it um, accidentally by a friend who was dating some guy in high school at the time and made me go to color guard auditions. Um, I was born to be a basketball star <laughs> and um, I ended up going with her and she like dumped me to go see her boyfriend. And that's how I ended up getting into the color guard scene at Cy Falls. Um, but it ended also being like love at first sight because it was something so foreign to me. Um, so it was really, really cool to um, experience that and kind of fall into it. Um, and then thankfully, you know, I was, I was a part of a great program without knowing it that um, opened the door and uh, created all these connections with great people. Um, and that's kind of how that transcended for me into my drum corps career. Um, Adam Sage at the time came and did a clinic for us my, my junior year of high school. Um, and he essentially just came up to him and was like, you should do drum corps. And I was like, oh my God, what is that? Um, and so then, you know, did some research, asked my parents if I could go. Um, I'm Mexican or I'm Hispanic. So um, my parents um, came to the United States. So I'm essentially like the guinea pig for my family. So there was a lot um, of cross barriers on that so obviously when I asked my mom if I could do drum corps she had the same reaction what is that and then when I explained to her what it once once I found out what it was um, it was pretty hard to to get them to really jump on board right away um, already them having so many barriers um, coming to the United States and then now their their oldest daughter wants to go do this thing called drum corps and they have no idea what it is um, so uh, they didn't let me go that first year, but then in 2006 into 2007 for the summer of 07, I, um, you know, kept writing it and I was like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And, you know, playing through my dad, my dad's the one that really um, kind of helped push my mom um, in letting me go. So they drove me all the way from Houston, Texas, all the way to Chicago and to somewhere in Beloit, Wisconsin, um, and took us wow. over Thanksgiving break. And they drove me, my whole family, my mom, my dad, and my two brothers in the car just ready to go in our little van um and they drove me to auditions and you know my mom got to see it and everything and then that's kind of how that all came about you know again just connections if Adam hadn't asked or said anything I don't think that I would have ever known um if my friend hadn't like dragged me because she wanted to see her boyfriend I would have never auditioned uh and been introduced into this world um and then from there you know it just becomes an obsession I mean it becomes a part of your existence and it becomes a part of what um you love and the friends that you make and all the all the um, interconnections that you make, even sitting here with you guys. I mean, we know of each other, but we this is like the first time I actually get to talk to you, but I already love you so much and I could hug you and spend so much time with you just because of what we do. And that's the cool part about this activity. So just kind of from there, you know, did the drum corps thing at Phantom Regiment from 07 through 10 and decided to age out at uh, Crown in 2011, again, following Adam Sage at the time. Um, and then from there, um, I was lucky enough to be connected with um, Tim Newburn, uh, who I met in 2009. And that's also how Cypress Independent got started. Um, and I went to work with him at Blue Knights and then he left Blue Knights and then um, Tyler Edrington came knocking to work at Crossman, a great friend of mine that we marched uh, together at the time. And I got to teach there for two years. Um, and then things shifted again. And again, another door opens, another universe comes knocking. And then I got to work at Boston Crusaders in 17 when 
uh, Michael Townsend and that staff uh, transitioned. Um, and then from there, I, I don't know what was happening in the world again, but then another um, opportunity came knocking and a lot of these are just hard to say no to. And so then I jumped on board um, as caption head of Phantom Regiment in 2018, 19, and in our 20 summer virtual, and then now going into 2021. So um, that's kind of how the evolution of that all went on the drum corps front. And then with winter Cypress Independent and getting to teach groups here in Houston, Texas. Um, got to teach at Klein Oak for five years and then now I'm at Friendswood High School. So um, that's kind of like the, the quick overview of how all of that kind of went about. But yeah, this is my life, my world, and, and I'm here for it. Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm like- <laughs> You've lived three whole color guard lives in your career so far, that's amazing. <laughs> and shout out to your dad for, um, you know, pushing your your parents into it and shout out to all of them for oh my god over thanksgiving houston to wisconsin chicago what yeah, like that border i don't even know what that was but it was like a weird transition shout out to my puppy i always tell him all the time had you not made my mom do it i would have never gone into this but yeah were they like immediately like hooked once they saw like the whole audition dynamic and saw like all the moving parts or was yeah. it still like a process? No, I think I think my mom was a little bit more more bought into it because she got to meet and interact with people. Um, for sure, even for me, when I, I remember leaving for tour in 2007, um, you know, like fresh out of high school, 17 years old, but pretending to go do this thing. And you really don't grasp like what you're a part of. And, and you know, like you don't understand the caliber of what it is when you're that young, you're just like doing something that you love. Um, but my mom got to see all of it. And once I went, it was even a separation thing for me um, at the time, but for sure them getting to go up there and seeing that was a huge help. And then of course my dad, cause my dad moved to the US when he was 19. So he had a completely different life experience. So I think that's why he was able to nudge my mom and be like, you gotta let her go. She's, she's ready for this. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how all of that came about. So wild. I can't get over the whole family going, driving across country. It's so cool. So, it's so cool. I, I feel like my family still has no idea what I do. Like, it's still <laughs> just this like anomaly of like, yeah, she goes away in the summer and like she teaches kids how to spin flags and that's like the extent of it. And I'm right. like, yep, that's exactly what I do, mom. <laughs> you got <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that's it. It's really easy. <laughs> but I guess like you really have like a really cool story of like your evolution of like, especially teaching in the activity, which seems mm -hmm. to be like super well-rounded when it comes to like teaching Scholastic A, Scholastic Open, Independent World, like all, all of the above. Um, I guess through your experience, like what would you say your, I guess, pedagogy is? Um, I think through time um, it's evolved like it does for everybody um, when they're teaching, you know, especially when um, I was, I started teaching like right out of high school. I was lucky enough that my high school directors, like connected me and let me come teach with them. And then my, you know, my director was teaching another high school and passed it on to me. So I started teaching at 18. So even at 18 and now at 31, that entire transition of finding what's right, what's wrong, what works, what doesn't, that's the weird, but also beautiful part about our activity is that we have the ability to start teaching at a young age. Um, and if you're lucky enough to have mentors that guide you in that process, um, you know, you can easily uh, grasp, uh, grab like sticky notes and be able to like learn from them and 
uh, mold or mimic what you want to be with your own personality. Um, I'll always say it. I've, I've been so lucky to have people that pop into my life at the rhyme time and that are exactly what I need at that time. I'm such a universe person. Um, but like right at that universe point, like they come in and they like teach you and you're watching and you're observing. Um, and a lot for me, even now, um, part of what I take and um, give back to my students is to listen and learn, but truly like soak in um, everything that's there. And, you know, soak in can be taken from, from different ways, but a lot of times, especially with like how we are now with technology, everyone's so quick to say something, but not, um, not as quick to just like sit down, step back and just observe the people around you and really value what you're learning, not just your mentors and your teachers, but also your friends and the people that you grew up with and how they mold and transcend into things um, and how in a way you're all motivated by that. So I, I take a lot of that from like 18 to my 20s. Um, everything happened to me in, in like increments of five. So from 18 to 23, I was at Cypress Ridge and that was like my humble beginnings of like really learning and making so many mistakes and learning how to separate myself as a student and a teacher and how to um, also be taken seriously by parents and all of those things because you're so young. Um, and then Kleinote came knocking in the next uh, window. And at that time, I was also working with Spring High School and with Char Chad Berkstresser. Um, and so I learned so much from Chad Berkstresser and I still do um, on how he would teach and how he would, um, you know, uh, let kids be bad at things, but knowing that them being bad at things means they're going to be great at them and things don't have to be clean so fast, you know, but you want things to be perfect where you're younger. So then you have to learn to let go um, and just let performers be performers and be bad at it. Like you have to be, you know, it's like when you were a baby, you like tried to walk, but fell down 50 times and then you figured it out, you know? So I learned so much from Chad at that time. So when I took over Klein Oak, that was my next five-year window. Um, and that was the next biggest stepping stone is learning um, to step back and, um, teach my students in a completely different way by trial and error of letting them be bad to be great. Um, and that in that same way as an educator too, like let yourself go through humbling moments for you to reach that level of greatness. Um, and between that time, you know, again, with Chad Berkstress in my corner um, and working with him at spring and taking a lot of that, um, same thing happened working with Jack Percival, who those are like the two people I've held on tight since 2010 when we started working at spring together. Um, and then that's how Klein Oak came about in Scholastic A in 2017. It was just the love for the activity, but also how your students are become a reflection of you, um, which is the biggest thing I still preach to this day is your students are a reflection of everything that you want. Um, and so I had students at Klein Oak who just wanted to really bring that greatness to life and wanted to try things and be bad at them and be great. And they molded a lot of what that was, which took Klein Oak to the championship in 2017 out of nowhere. Um, and I think, you know, that all goes hand in hand by all of those moving pieces. And a lot of those trial and errors years in those first 10 years is now what Friendswood is for me, the next five years of the stage that I'm at with them. Um, and just going in and going in with a different mentality and also like a reassurance as an educator of where I'm at um, but the same the same kind of um, style like letting my students remembering what it's like to be a performer and translating that to your students and what they need to be great at their craft um, 
and just simply the the expectations behind that as well and being consistent with the expectations that you want from them but i think the overall of that story time um is the reflection of of yourself and how that transcends to your student and that's something that i hold myself truly accountable by um every decision that i make everything that i post or say or the way i walk or the way i do things like that's how your students soak up that same energy um, and become what they want to be moving forward. And I, that's, that's really been the root of it for me with all the other layers in between. So I hope that kind of answered the question. I feel like it did, but you know, sometimes I like trail off. <laughs> no, I thought you made some really awesome points that like, I feel, I like remember those moments in my teaching career when it was like, all right, like I, I remember coming fresh off, let's say fresh off the boat, fresh off the, the bus um, when from tour. So like, and getting into that, like you're, you just finished finals week and you are in this, like, everything is perfect. You know where your eyelashes are going to be on count two and a, uh, like of every, like of every count of the show, you just know. So like coming off the bus and like being like ready to go teach your high school students early on in your teaching career. And like, you have this mentality of perfection, perfection, perfection. Right. Um, it's like, I, I remember that moment when I was like, no, it's, it's okay for them to figure it out because I putting myself in their shoes, like when things would get watered down right away, I would be right. Oh, I'd get so mad. I'm like, you didn't give, give us a chance. And then it's like, <laughs> Oh, hello. It's like, I'm doing the same thing to the people I'm teaching. So it's, it's a really like great moment to feel that you're like, you're giving them, you're empowering them to like figure it out. And that the only way kids learn is by making mistakes. Like if you do it right the first time, what'd you learn? You already knew how to do it. Exactly. So, and also a very real answer too, because you know, we're all like figuring this out. Like <clears throat> every year there's different, different approaches and we learn more about the body and um, you know, other people come out with other things that like interest you and you see how like kids, I feel um, like with how fast like people are developing skills, we realize like we can push kids farther um, every single year. So like it's, you know, we, we have like our things that we we stick to with our like teaching pedagogy, but um, you know, everybody I think is like kind of, um, not everybody, but a lot of us are like hungry for that new information and how to push that boundary. Cause you know, we see our peers pushing the boundary all the time. It's like, well, why not us? Why not we? Absolutely. You know, and so social media right now that you brought that up and I don't mean to like trail off of that, but social media is a huge part of that, you know, like, and it's, it's truly incredible to see like what we ask our students to do, but not even what we ask them to do, but what they are willing to learn off of social media. And then they come to you and they're like, look what I can do. You're like, where did you get that from? But it's really cool to see that we have that connection. Um, and even the ability for you guys to do things like this for our community um, and all the platforms that go into that, there's just continuous growth all over the, the board for people to do that a hundred percent. And that's definitely definitely really cool in, in our evolution. Yeah, and I think social media is starting to get to the point where it's getting away from, well, at least in my eyes, it's getting away from like the the catty and petty looking of like, I guess, breaking down people's what whatever they're doing, their toss, their technique, their, their choreography choice. And it's because of like this whole behind a screen thing, I feel like we're learning to appreciate the fact that people are just out there because they love Color Guard and they miss mm -hmm. it and they just want to do the thing that we love and share it with the world. And I feel like- yeah it's becoming a really nice uh, 
I guess more welcoming to that kind of stuff. Cause I know yeah. myself, like you would never see me posting things online, like ever. Yeah, do it. And, and honestly, <laughs> I, I started to just because of the fact that I'm like, you know, I was like, what do I have to like, what, what am I nervous? Like, what, what am I nervous about? Like what? Absolutely. Like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> like I'm old Absolutely. anyway. I was like, so, <laughs> but like, I you're feel- getting paid anyways. You have the jobs anyways, exactly. whatever. They, I, I right. I can do the up downs. That's fine. <laughs> right. But when it's... when I was in high school, like when I like really wanted to try to see if like drum corps was gonna be for me, if I could like make it happen. Um, Crown 2011 was Rockstar, correct? Yes. Okay, I learned the paint it back, paint it black flag feature because it was some really good video of y'all inside the gym. Yes. Um, doing it, and I like the camera was flipped and I didn't know I had barely even done a color guard season before I had learned it all by myself backwards um and like on my computer I remember like the way I had to set it up and like load the video inside because there wasn't wi-fi outside so load it and then learn it and then it took me like you know a couple of days to get it right and then I like eventually way later find out that it's like that it was flipped and I was doing it oh my god that's so challenge yeah exactly and then like I like if I was in that same situation now and in high school, I wouldn't have even be, been able to post because like me, my little brother and my little sister all set, all shared a cell phone until I was in the, the senior year of high school and we went to three different schools. So wow. um, like, it, yeah, but like still, like even if I wasn't able to post, I was still using like what, I, what was available to like grow my skills in the little, like in the little corner of the world that I had. So like now I just think like, damn, if I had a phone with the slow-mo feature and okay. like all of these people like posting, like who knows what I would have done. But even then, like, you know, we make it work for ourselves. It's awesome. It's yeah. Well, even tool. now, like you, now you can really take advantage of that. But that's, it. that's, that's, that's always my favorite topic to talk about. Um, especially in the last, I feel like the last three years, maybe around, no, even maybe like around 16, 15, 16, I feel like that's when um, people started to like jump that hurdle of accepting it and really empowering that people are posting things and that people are allowing themselves to um, put themselves out there and, and provide education. And I, that was, that was one of my biggest things that I used to push. Um, and I found myself having conversations with people of my generation and even people that uh, mentored me. And there was a moment where like in 2013, 14, when I would post videos um, of me spinning, diva it was like, <laughs> thank you. Diva. I appreciate it because my back was hurt. <laughs> uh, but like, I remember posting those things and some people would receive it really well. And some people would be like, oh, she's just showing off. She's just doing this. And, and you would get a lot of that backlash, which is real and it's honest and it's raw. And I, and I understand the concept behind that. But the more and more it became normalized and you started seeing more and more people um, get past like like you said Rachel like the fear of like you know what people might be thinking or not thinking about you and then you have all of these the the younger generation that really embrace that that really open that barrier you know like freaking Angie Mayhew and Robert Jordan like all of those people that are just like man screw you I'm on I'm doing this and I'm gonna do whatever and they're posting and they're doing the freaking thing and they were willing to get past that and I think that a lot of those people and there's more people like uh Irving of course like punk rock Irving I think was probably one of the first ones at least from from my perspective you know we all 
have different perspectives of what we see and what we don't see, but they really allowed for people to be more accepting of it in our activity. And that is so important. And then now you have people of my generation, like Heather Graham, and even myself from time to time, where like we post things and we're less um, ashamed in a way to post those things. Um, because we also learn to accept the fact that we, um, through social media, we are connecting to each other and we're teaching so much to our students. And I always say this, like Klein Oak at that time when we were doing videos and doing things like that and we would post them and use our social media platform, that really pushed my students at that time to be at the caliber that they were at because those kids were so inspired and motivated, not just by yourself as an educator, but by the amount of talent that is at our fingertips at a screen. Um, and that has truly molded the activity. And now people are more accepting of it, which is really cool to see. And it's even more mind blowing to see how many incredibly talented people they are. Like my mouth constantly drops at the videos that filter on my Instagram. Like I go and my, my normal boyfriend who doesn't speak color guard will be like, you're watching dance videos again. I'm like, yeah, man, this, he's like, you're watching that one for the 100th time. I'm like, yeah, man, you don't understand. They just did a toss turn around, catch my back under the leg and they went to the splits. And it's so good. Like my back would break, you know, but that stuff is so exciting as an educator. And I can't imagine your students like watching that. And that's why these color cards are so freaking good. Like I get so passionate about the social media thing. Cause I think it's, it is so important in so many ways. Like there's so many good things to it. There's always cons to things, but I see so much more um, possibility on, on it than not. And so Anyway, yeah, I feel, I, I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. Hashtag post all your videos. Don't matter how old you are. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we got to like mold the the good out of it. There's, <clears throat> you know, th those negative aspects will always be there, but like um, the more we replicate and, you know, what we like about it, the more we'll, you know, we'll mold for others, uh, the examples for others to like replicate as well in the community that we want to build. And I Absolutely. feel like this is, the life we're living right now. We're gonna be Absolutely. living life behind a screen and we might as well enjoy what we're watching. And I feel like there's so much content creation going on too, which is so exciting because yes. like I like um I don't know if you saw the relentless like drop or the the little yes. teaser that I was like, okay, can't wait till Friday. Okay, I'm already yeah. looking forward to Friday. And then the Vance Anderson posting his like shiny teeth. And Huge me. fan. Oh. I love him. Yes. I showed it to, I took over um, a color guard program here on Long Island, like the beginning of COVID. And I was like, I gotta show you guys this thing. I was so excited. And I was like, this is the stuff that like, you should want to be doing like, go out with your friends and do this like do like it doesn't have to be like hollywood quality video like right. just record it and put it out there because it's so much fun like pedro had come to new york for a couple weeks mm -hmm. and we were like playing around with songs here and that. i haven't spun like that in years so yeah. this is like oh my god like it filled my color guard heart and i was just there for it and so i think that um encouraging just anyone just go out and everyone has like equipment lying around their house like oh 100 whether, whether the bolt is there or the strap is on like whatever like there you know you got something i was like just go out and do it 100 percent. that's the magical part of why we do color guard and still teach it like that that's that undescribable feeling of just spinning your equipment and like how freeing it is you know like 
like being a dancer, like that's like, that's what color guard is for us. It has that, that euphoria when you're spinning and, and going back to the same topic, like in a way COVID kind of put the stamp on what social media is and like what people can create and the content that people are creating, you know, like the, the, the shows like this that people are putting together or, you know, people that um, are creating like videography like relentless was one of, uh, one of the first ones even for COVID because I know Michelle um, has been recording and doing a lot of things so a lot of people are like being more and more okay with that and for COVID was definitely that stamp um, and that rebirth of like re-energizing everybody and giving everybody the push to go warm up their hands and find a new way to transcend into our new beginning because this is a new beginning for everybody like we're about to go WGI online competitive like no one knows what that's going to be but we're about to do it like you know so it's like the possibilities are endless like the moment they release that I know a lot of people might have been a little bit reserved I know I'm at first I was like oh I don't know how we're going to do that. I don't know if this is going to be approved by our district, but the moment you like started reading through the endless possibilities of like what you can do with that, obviously it's not the same, but you still have like such an endless like spark to our creation and what we can truly do. So again, it's just a continuous rollover and part of our, our next evolution. Yeah, yeah, and like um, artists can roll with the punches. Like it doesn't, you know, yes. we're going to create art like in, in general, like as a scene, like we will create our art no matter what happens. And it's good that WGI like uh, gave this framework for us yes. to like, kind of maneuver through and people are going to do it regardless. So yeah, I'm really excited to see this all like trickle out within the next few months. Me too, yeah. Yeah, and I think the a really cool part about it too is that like as creators that when you when we're put into a box it forces you to be so much more creative and people I, I feel like it's almost like oh, what do you mean like you know but it's like you're forced with these restrictions and it's like okay so how can I make the most out of the fact that I have to be within a screen like I'm two-dimensional you know like it's right. not this three-dimensional thing anymore that like is this living breathing thing it's like it is but it's in a screen now so it's like how can I convey all these feelings and emotions and this and that and like all like right. little nuances that you want out of a color guard show through a screen and it's like it's like when you watch a movie it's like how how the hell they do that how they how they make me feel well how they make me cry like you know yeah. it's like so it's like now it's our turn to be like okay we need to we need to think hollywood we need to think like very much um like the video videography sort of yeah. mindset to be able to convey what we we like to convey like in person it's like when you watch a color guard show over screen you're like oh well, it's not the same as in person well we got to figure out now how to make it feel the same yes yes a whole different environment and everything mm -hmm. too like people are going to be spinning around their palm trees instead of inside of a gym like that's okay. going to be really cool to watch 100 percent. and i'm so yeah and even even like the factors of dealing with covid and like you can't exchange equipment. Okay, well then what cool ways can we still interact without interacting, but interacting like there's even, even color, like how can you make the color come across the screen differently? And like you said, like the emotion, like how can we make that happen when we're recording these videos for competitive WGI? I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be great. And already seeing so many great things that people are starting to play with. It's definitely endless possibility. And for our activity, that's definitely the 
next biggest step, like in, in being seen and being put out there on social media, just like dance and any other activity or sport, cheerleading, anything else. Like this is also going to be the next big breaking point for Color Guard to go out into the normal people's world, you know? So I'm definitely to excited the regulars. For that. To the regulars. <laughs> Yo, so um, when you find yourself like hitting a roadblock, like what do you find yourself turning to and what do you do to get out of like your hole that you think you dug yourself into? I think I'm, even in my like normal life, I, I'm, I'm definitely a step away kind of person. Like I just need to back off and not keep pushing it or persisting it. Um, I also kind of, when I'm creating, I don't super prep. Because to me, super, it's like writing a paper. Like when I was in college, it was like a 10 page paper and they gave you a month to write it. I wasn't writing it till two days before. And I was just like, but if I planned for two weeks, I like dug myself in so many holes that I felt like I couldn't do the same thing. I feel like the way um, when I write or I'm teaching or I'm doing whatever in this world, I, I kind of do the same thing where I'm not like over prepared but I'm like prepared enough to like do what I need to do. And if I'm not okay in that moment, I just back off and literally like take a deep breath. And then I'm just like, great, you got this. And then you go back and I just do it. I don't know that I really have like a philosophical way of doing it for me. It's just very like get in, get out. And if you're there, great. And if it's not, okay, I'll come back to it. Just kind of, kind of how I roll with a lot, a lot of that for, for me, for sure. I think that's good not to hang on to things for too long. And like, I am very much with you on like, I, I'm not good at prepping things like this outline, all Pedro. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was about to be like, your outline was like, great. I am Listen. not, I'm not the organized one here. I'm very much last minute. Like, you know, and I, honestly, I'm usually things on the fly. I feel like there's this room for like blossoming in a sense. Yeah. Or at least that's my reasoning for no prep. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you end up getting into this flow state. I yeah. I was listening to um this book, uh, an audio book called uh, Rise of Superman. And they were talking, it's it's a more like a sports psychology book, but um they were talking about like artists and getting into a flow state where you end up not really remembering what happened, but something like great happens during this flow state. Yeah. And, you, and then I was like, oh shit. I was like, yeah, that happens a lot. You know, it's like, you just get into like your jam and you're like, you're just going like, whether it be writing, whether it be designing, whatever it is. And it's like, it's like, it's so true that it's like, sometimes less is more when it comes to prepping that you're like, cause if it doesn't go the way as planned, like step A, B, C, whatever, like, okay, like, let me just cut half the alphabet because the first couple steps didn't work in the first place. Yeah. And let's that? be real. Like we have a whole career behind us of like prep and planning. So like we, we can kind of go with like, just we, letting, we paid our dues literally hello, and, and <laughs> like a lot of color guard is improv. And sometimes you gotta like really improv on the spot mm -hmm. sometimes and like, you know, the people that write or do whatever they do are good at that so you know you have a lot of a lot of like history to pull or to reach to when you have to like uh find when you find yourself in like a hard spot or a roadblock yes you kind of forget about that too that you have like all this history and that like all the dues we paid because it's like I've gone to rehearsals with absolutely no prep. I'm just walking in and like you, you just You're telling to, on yourself, girl. I'm telling, hi, everybody. And directors, Hello. listen up. Hello. <laughs> Think twice. <laughs> just kidding, y'all. 
hey, I get the job done, okay? But I deliver. <laughs> but like, it's it's funny though that like, I don't I don't know like I the amount of schedules and preps that I have done in the past mm-hmm. that I can just walk into a rehearsal and be like, all right, we're doing this, but 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 but, and like rehearsals over, and you're like, I don't even know how that I don't know where all that came from, but it like flowed and it worked out well. But it's it's funny that you you forget about all like you don't forget but you forget that you're pulling from all this stuff constantly so yeah just i know we're just like oftentimes in our show in our program we just interview like one person at a time but like there's always a team of people that we like go into an activity with or like we're creating that so like there's people that we lean on to and there's other like ways that we split responsibility so like you couldn't just do that if you had to deal with like logistics budgets colors uniform size like all of that so like you know we have a team of people that help us um you know have that like artsy fartsy moment where we can't just improv through it and and all that and also the history of work behind us that we carry with us everywhere we go a hundred percent man it takes a freaking village to make it happen i'm sure yeah um this kind of goes into like you know you're like five year um like kind of um five year lengths of times with these programs but like how do you go about like building your team with uh each group that you go to do you find that you have like staff that like you know they trust you and they follow you or do you have to like what's that building process for you i think for me it's it's transcended um with with carrying a couple of people that have walked with me through that um first and foremost chad burkstresser and jack percival um like i've walked with them side by side since 2010 when we worked together at spring and then into a little bit of side ridge and klein oak and friendswood um so they have been like my constant and i've grown so much with them and in our relationship and dynamic and how we create um and again i learned so much from them but also you know working with tim newburn at cypress independent and um even at blue nights and at phantom and getting to work with him i also learned so much from him and how we transcend it into that because it's like so many pockets of groups you teach but you have like you said like you have your groupings of people um in that when it comes to the scholastic side of things it's always been that and then i've had texts that have um come with me a part of that uh, process but also i've built new relationships in that as well um so learning how to work with new people um it's always a scary thought but it's also really exciting because there's so much possibility and so much you can learn from them um in that process so um at friendswood for example because at friendswood i feel like i entered in a completely different stage as a human and as you know uh you know with the things that i did before that that um i remember leaving klein oak and when klein oak won in seven team um everything shifted and all of a sudden everyone was like all eyes on you and there was such a high expectation that there was um a a a lot of moments where self-doubt kicks in and i feel like a lot of people go through that where people are just like oh look at them and then they expect all of these things from you and you're like oh my god i can't screw this up and so when i took friendswood over friendswood i remember my first year i was um for me, it was like, this is like the moment where I have to prove myself. And if I can't make this happen, then everything was a sham and I was a fraud. And like all of the things that happened didn't really happen. Like, you know, so um, when I transitioned into Friendswood and, you know, I brought the same team and, um, but I also built a new relationship who's um, Angie Pueblo, who's my assistant director at Friendswood. um, You know, she went to Friendswood High School. She was in their cadet program. She was in their high school program. She was there during the golden years of Friendswood 
Westwood um, when Ron Barnett was the color guard director there. Um, and, you know, I asked her to stay on board when I took over. Um, and, you know, she became such a safety net for me in that process because, you know, you have to learn so much about the culture of a new school. Um, but also on the on the teaching side of things, uh, I remember hitting, hitting a moment where, you know, my mom, my mom is my guru and my to go to person. So anytime I'm like, not okay. And I like, get into that natural, like self doubt moment, you know, that the, the human side of it. Um, my mom's just always like, remember who you are and where you came from and what you're capable of doing. She's like, and so a lot of that is I, I hit that moment. Like, I remember walking in the first time and be like, Oh my God. And then like, whenever we like started moving, I realized that I didn't really have to change a lot of who I am. And I didn't have to change a lot of how I teach. Cause again, the students will latch on to who you are and mimic that all the way. So once I saw that and reminded myself of that, and I held on to Angie Puebla um, during that transition in that time, everything just kind of came into fruition during those like timestamps. Um, but, you know, we said it before too, there's, this it takes a village to run this so there's so many people that i'm so grateful for that i know i wouldn't be where i am without them and their constant love and guidance and support um to to help you know drive the vehicle and take turns and you know gps system and whatever to get to your destination um you know and so um with all of that you know i i'm grateful for all of the people that really stood by me in that time and those people that followed me along the way were part of that transition during those five years. Um, and the biggest ones have been Chad and Jack and I, and you know, I, I often talk to Chad and I'm like, man, I don't know, I can do this without you. And he's like, girl, yes, you can. Um, but I'm like, no, 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 no. So I'm like, you're holding on for the next 20, 30 years, baby. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, that's, that's part of it, but definitely, um, um, growing with people in those, in those little segments and, and in those, in those little nooks is part of the success and the consistency, um, with whatever program you go into for sure, at least on my end, um, you know, but everyone's experience is definitely different. Man, the, the whole self-doubt thing resonated with me so much. Cause it's like yeah. the imposter syndrome, like constantly comes like sneaks up on you like when you least expect it you're like yeah. oh, I'm doing great everything's wonderful and imposter syndrome is like smacks you right in the face yeah like I remember like teaching next to Casey Thompson I'm like oh I was like oh my god oh my I god. touched her hands like, they're was, so delicious I was like we're, <laughs> we're sitting next to each other at dinner and I'm like like staring 100%. at her like yeah. I'm drooling now almost like yeah like, who is this girl but um yeah like it I I hate that it's so prevalent in like any sort of creative field that it's like why can't we just own what why can't we just be proud of what we do and like constantly comparing ourselves or constantly thinking we're not good enough at what we're doing even though we clearly have like the track record for it it's like the worst feeling and it's it's so hard to get out of too because it's like no matter people could tell you you're great all day or people can tell you your accomplishments or like they dreamed of your accomplishments but at the end of the day you're like mm -mm not quite didn't hit the mark like not hit yeah. the mark yet we just want so much we want so much more yeah what? i think 
I think it's a weird combination because I've definitely had those moments where um, imposter syndrome is 100% because even now being caption head of the Phantom Regiment, the Phantom Regiment, like there's still so many moments like where I'm like, I'm really here. Like I'm really doing this like once upon a time. And I still have those moments of vulnerability. Um, but I think a lot of the reasons, at least on a personal level, but I think it might resonate to a lot of people when we get into an imposter mode. I think a lot of it um, is that we are so like, we get so consumed by what people could be thinking that we let that take over in a way without sometimes without even noticing because you know, my mom's always like, that's my favorite part about you. You don't care what people are saying. I'm like, I really don't, but you do, but you don't, but I do, but I don't, you know? So it's like, <laughs> so it's like that weird in between of, of that, where I think that's why we get lost. Um, and it's also like you being scared of crossing that cocky barrier, like where people might perceive you that if you're not humble enough, that you're not this. And if you are like, yeah, I was good at that part that people take it the wrong way and that you didn't come across the way that you should have, you know? And as a female, like a lot of times, like I have to watch that I'm not coming across that way, um, you know? So I think it's a little bit of both of like little things that like, that are in your exterior that you are so uh, aware of that that takes into a part in your imposter syndrome of you doubting who you are and what you're capable of doing. And sometimes taking the moment to like pat yourself in the back and like be grateful for what's around you and what you have done throughout the times. And like you guys have said many times, like we've paid our dues, like we busted our butts to be where we're at, at whatever point in your life that you're at, that at some point you have to like embrace. And like my mom always says, remember who you are and where you came from and what you're capable of doing. And that, that is something that I wholeheartedly hold on to when I reach those little moments of imposter syndrome. Love that word. That's, yeah. That's super powerful though. It's like, remember who you are and what you're capable of. Like it's, it's, it's so straightforward and it's so funny that we have to remind ourselves of like who we are constantly because we're with the, we're with us all the time so it's like, yeah how can we forget but yeah. it's um yeah that's it's a really good thing to live by and like in all aspects of your life not only color guards just like just do what you know how to do so that's cool Okay, I do. I would like to transition to your driving force to continue color guard because I feel like I know for myself, like once I hit that like nine, 10 year mark, I was like, we're really doing this. <laughs> we're doing yeah. it for the long haul. Do you, um, what do you feel like your, your driving force is to continue doing color guard or teaching color guard? Uh, that, that I read, I read the outline and read that question and I was like, I don't know that I've ever thought about that. Um, mm. So that, that might be a tricky one for me, but I, I remember my mom, um, again, Janet Chavez, go mama. Um, she, uh, when I turned 28, she was like, you've been doing this for half your life. Like I started at 14. And when she said that, I was like, I really have, like, I've been doing this for half my existence. And then now I'm 31. So now I'm way past half my existence. Um, but I remember when she said that, um, I think, for me, and, and a lot of times when I talk to my brothers, um, you know, because we'll, we'll get into the money part of like, you know, like the, is this going to be um, sustainable in the long run when your body gets old and when you can't ride and you can't do this and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and 
you know, naturally those are things that you think about, like in the long term, like, is this something that you really see yourself doing? And my answer is always yes. And it's always yes, without a doubt. Um, and I think at the root of it, I, it's just that, that love and passion that's so indescribable. Um, and my, my dad, my dad sometimes brings it up, uh, when we sit down, um, and he's just like, you just, from the moment you started doing it, when Diana dragged you to, to auditions and she, he's like, you just started doing, he's like, you, you just knew you loved it. He's like the way that you begged to go to drum corps and you raised the money. Cause my parents were like, we love you, but we're not paying for that. They will do anything to support you. But if you want to make that happen, it's on you. And my dad's like, even your drive to like make money at 17. Like I would stand by the vending machines asking for money. Like, Hey, you got 10 cents. And I would like take quarters from people and 10 cents at lunch. Um, so I could march drum corps. Like, I think I just, it's so unspoken and like, it just keeps transcending like every single year. And, um, and in a way, like, you know, some of us sometimes teach because we like get to live through our students in a way, like in an, in an unspoken way, when you watch them, you're living through them and all their hard work because you've been there before. And then now you get to coach them to get to that point. So that continues to be a driving force for me. But I think for, for me, it's like, without getting too philosophical about it, it's just an unspoken, like deep rooted love for the activity that I can't let go of. Like I would much rather be broke and, and like literally live day by day than do anything else. Like I've, you know, I graduated from the university of Houston with a Spanish degree. Like I was ready to like teach Espanol and like do all of this stuff and do color guard. But it's like, that's not really where my like focus is. Like it's not, what I really see myself doing, you know, where whatever the next five-year plan is going to be or whatever my life might turn um, or whatever may come next into my thirties. Like I, right now, what I know is that I love it. Um, I love teaching. I love giving back to the activity. I love seeing my students, um, you know, shine after going through their worst of times and then seeing them shine at their best of times. I love every aspect of the interactions and the people that you get to constantly meet, the way that you get to inspire each other. And, you know, it's that, that we always talk about that sense of community that is just so, so consistent in our lives that it's so hard, at least for me to like step away from it. Um, and I'm thankful. I don't think that I've truly hit a, a point yet where I'm like, I'm done. I don't, I don't think I have, um, you know, even if, even if I've had like a, a rough day, I don't think I've ever been like, I don't ever want to do this again. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for me, it's really that simple. I mean, I just love the crap out of this. I could do this all day long, bust my knee and like go wobble out and still like post an ugly video and still be good with it. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. It's definitely a lot of our first loves. Yeah. And with that, you know, comes like some hard relationship building, um, but where I think a lot of us are in it for the long haul. Like yeah. there were, like in my life, there will always be room for color guard. Um, yeah. Even even after a hiatus, like I come back like just as strong as before. Yeah, I feel like that would happen to me too. Like if if my world shifts and I look back at this video ten years from now, um, in one way, shape, or form, I will I will always be a part of this, and there's no doubt in my mind, one way, shape, or another. Um, but yeah, and that, and you know, and I, and I say this to my students all the time, like we're one of the lucky few that, that get to be in this world that 
other people are unaware of. And that's why I, I love talking to my boyfriend about it, my normal boyfriend, because um, he he has been so open and accepting of it. And every time I talk to him and like seeing like the realization of like what I do and like getting to hear his reaction to it, even when I talk to his family who never really knew what it was, even their reactions, it's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, like this is why I love it. You know, and like the, 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 relationships behind it it's it's so cool and we're truly one of the lucky few yes it's that like young love that i feel like is like an ever-burning flame that like it does it it always feels like that like when you see like a clean flag feature i'm like oh like every time like it's the same like it's that same like I love this shit. I love it. Yeah. Like, watch, yeah. like I love this. It could be to like German electronic music and I would yeah. still like stand yes. up like fully. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or or like the moment when a student gets something that they've been working on for like X and uh. time and you're like, you're like just adding more reasons to why I love this. And it's yes. so innocent and so like it's it's not this like deep like it's very deep rooted in us, but it's not these like it's not a very deep meaning behind like mm-hmm. why we love it. It's just like a feeling. It's just the, yeah. Because I think um, when we put ourselves into like if we were to like watching that clean flag feature, you know what it feels like to be a part of a clean flag feature, and you're like the crowds throwing their newborns at you, and like there's this like <laughs> electricity between like the people on the floor, the people on the field, and you're like, this is why I do it. Like 100%. for all the heart, for all the days getting yelled at, for all the the 10 minute lunch breaks for the no water for the sunburn for uh, like all the bad things that we have to endure in color guard like those really small like little moments of time make it all worth it and it's so wild too that like to think that the amount of time that we actually get to do what we do in front of people is so small compared to the closed door like nitty-gritty sort of thing like it, it just takes special people to do what we ha- what we do. And so I think that's why the community is so tight knit. And like that, the fact that this conversation can happen, it feels like we've been friends for years, Right. Like, you know, it's, it's mind boggling because like, okay. So a little story time for me that I, I play in a kickball league, adult kickball league on long Island. It's a social thing. We play kickball, then we drink. And so like, people are like so what is this thing that I see like pictures of on your Facebook and I was like oh it's it's color guard and they were like what's that and I was like all right I got two options on how I can explain this that I'm like am I gonna go the easy route and just be like oh it's kind of like a dance team with some flags and like you know we do things and like kind of brush it off or I can like go in and take the five minutes it takes really Mm -hmm. to explain what we do and like really give it full value because I feel like as a community, we do a really good job of being like, oh, it's just, it's just this, it's just that. Whereas like, no, this is like in the fibers of who I am now. Like yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't be who I am without it. So it's, I don't know. I've, and people spoke, eat it up once yes. they like do get to like a yes. peek inside of the world, they eat it yeah. up. Oh my gosh. We spoke to Michelle Morales about it like months ago at this point about like the whole, the whole value of us as me- like as color guard community members to really explain what we do because it's like no one's gonna understand it if we don't take the time to explain it and it's I think that um that is gonna be the next step and like it's like getting the the regular boyfriends to understand or like the regular <laughs> girlfriends to understand that like oh no it's not like drumline you know it's like we do a little bit more you know so it's like yeah yeah so talking about that like love that we got for it a lot of people 
like we love to joke around about how like oh, I could do one more season you know I still got it in me <laughs> and you graduated in 2007 you marched like the programs and then you were like directing and teching and writing and doing all those things um, and then you marched one more season again in 2016 so what was that like and did you always know that you had like one more season than you a hundred percent um oh, yeah. I I remember telling myself in 2011 when I was going to age out, I like at that point had a plan and I was like, okay, I'm going to age out in 2011 and I'm going to March 2012 with Cyprus. And I knew like 2012 was like my out, like this is it. I did my five years of drum corps. I did my time in, in high school and like, I need to like transition into the next thing, which was, you know, number one, finishing school. That was the number one promise to my parents. I, they were like, we don't care if you take one class at a time, but school's going to keep rolling if color guard is your thing so always been always grateful that my parents were always supportive um and they were always behind me no matter what but that was the one thing i did promise to them no matter what i was going to finish school didn't matter how long it took me it took me eight years didn't matter you were finishing you were taking one class do it um and so i promised myself that I would finish 2012. Um, but I knew that I was going to come back. I was like, when I graduate college, I am coming back and marching one more year. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I graduated. I did my time. I put in the, my, my only summer of drum corps that I took off was 2014. Um, I was actually going to go teach cadets that year, but then last minute, um, I ended up, what? <laughs> I was Eric Babula was, I remember I seeing you yes, on the staff list. Yes. <laughs> Eric Babula, Eric Babula, was the the caption head at the time um but then school was like a priority and so i i went and sat down with my with my um with my counselor and she was like look if you don't do this summer intensive she's like you're not going to graduate to like 2016 2017 and i was like oh okay so i talked to eric all you know long story short and that was the first time ever that i was like no drum corps um mm. but i did it i pushed through school finished my thing and as soon as i graduated i was like i'm coming out of retirement because I'm not done. I always knew I had one more. I knew when I got off the floor in 2012 that I had one more. I knew that I was coming back. And that was like a present to myself um, where it was like, you finished, you did your time, you graduated like you promised you would, you've done all of these things. And at that time with Klein Oak, we were going through a transition year with them before 17 happened. Um, and it was the perfect time. It aligned perfectly with who I had on staff. Um, and again, universe, I, I don't know how I've gotten lucky with having great band directors at every program my band director at the time was like whatever you need same thing with school whatever you need to finish school and if you want to march one more whatever you need let's do it and so I was able to make 2016 happen and the way Cypress worked also allowed me to still um, lead my students and still be a director for them and also be able to perform um, and come out that year um, and but but I did know 2016 was like the last one I knew when I got off the floor um, and the way the show ended that year um, it was that was it for me that was like the goodbye as a performer um, and even though like if you would be like girl you're gonna come back I'm never gonna say no if there was an opportunity someone broke their toe and it's like finals night I'll pull a Michael James and I'll come out in the middle of a show and just do it um, just because I love it but but yeah but um, I, I always knew that for sure like I kind of like sometimes I'm type A-ish but I'm really not so it's kind of like I knew but I also kind of was just rolling with it so yeah, and you marched the whole the season, line. you didn't like fill a hole or anything. You went to nope, audition. full out Felicia audition, paid my Ooh. fees. I did the whole <laughs> shebang, directing, but no school, which made it so much more accessible because I like yeah. had graduated 
Um, but again, I just had the right support system. This entire, this entire career for me has been a lot of that, just the right support system, the right people in the right place. And the timing of the universe for my timeline has always been on, like it's always been on time. Even when I don't think it is, it's been on time the way that it needs to be. Man, like I, we're so similar in that way. Like, yeah, like I could just hop in. You broke your toe? Yeah, I got you. That was 2019 for me. And I was like, <laughs> they, in January, no, it was December, uh, Fusion, they were like, so we need someone to fill a saber hole. I, she ain't a saber. And I was like, <laughs> I hadn't spun a saber in six years. And I was like, come on. I was like, it's been a long time. And so they were like, I just come. And I was like, okay, broke every fingernail the first weekend. <laughs> I, said, I said, okay. I was like, you sure about this? Like trying to toss sixes. And like, you know, when you hold on too long, just shoots that way. And I was like, okay. I was like, you yeah, sure? But it's like riding a bike. I'm like, sure you're like, it, oh crap. And then your yeah. hands were like nothing. It was, it was so strange that it like, it comes back after a half a decade that you're like, I literally haven't touched. I, I refuse. I refuse. I refuse every year at cadets. I was like, flag line. Here you go. <laughs> like I would go, I didn't care. I was like, I'm not spinning a saber. And, um, it was, it's funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, I think I was like, I think I'm done. I'm done. Like we, we ended the show with like six turnaround port. All right. Put this thing down. And I was like, I think I'm done. But then like, as as I spin again and I like see I think <laughs> the more I like continue like involve myself even more I'm like I think I got one more I was like I really don't want to have one more but I think I got one more do it do it you'll see I live in Oregon so there's no way I have one more yet like unless I move I mean unless I go to Texas you got that, you got or... that drive you I'm not going to California. I'm not about to drive everywhere. You got that quarter dip. (laughs) Well, honestly, (laughs) I did audition for Diamante, but that. (laughs) Oh, I love me some Diamante. Go do it. it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I was like visiting a friend in Long Beach and I was like, oh, Diamante's auditioning this weekend. Let's audition this weekend. It was literally a one day audition. I'm like, oh, perfect. I won't even be sore the next day. Of course I was. Um, And got the spot. And I was like, damn, now I have to tell him I can't do this because it was honestly a joke. But, you know, it was good. It was was a good time. It was honestly a joke. I'm dead. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But, um, well, the whole premise of like the show is talking about like being box five and that we we believe you your whole resume and who you are as a color guard member um is definitely box five um but are there other aspects of your life that you feel that you bring in those box five qualities um yes Yes. Yes. Let's not imposter syndrome this. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, Often people joke that I give really like inspirational speeches and I have my students are like, Miss Chavez, you should do a TED talk. So I think I'm box five on the inspirational speeches um, and that if I really wanted to, that I could really like box six it, but I'm not sure. I think, I think so. Yes. Yes. If that is that is that like kind of like in the realm of what you mean by box fiveness? Yeah, it could it could be any anything that you believe that like that was it the always applies sort of thing of box five like. Then yes, I think I, I would. I'm box five on the inspirational speeches, and I sometimes have thought about dabbling into like getting into the TED talkness of things or doing things like that. 
but we'll see what life, what life does with that. Totally should. My, my friend that I grew up with did a Ted talk and I was like, this is so crazy to watch. Like it, it is like surreal watching someone like on TEDx or whatever on YouTube. And it's like, it's funny. Cause it's like, it's just a stage and, but it's like this huge platform that goes internationally. So I think yes, that's goals for me. I'm like, that's like on my to-do list, maybe one day. Maybe when I'm like 75. Oh my God, the first color guard. Ted After talk. your last season of, t- of, of marching. <laughs> okay, will me out, please. <laughs> Imagine a whole geriatric color guard. <laughs> yes. Like 18 yeah. hip replacements. Like everyone's be got knee replacements. Season. There's like five people in wheelchairs. Got my walkers on the floor. Ass. I'll wait 30 years before my one more <laughs> my one more season have a, a whole knee replacement. There's no drill. It's like you're just in a block the whole time. Yep. To your left and the rifles to your right. By height, you go wheelchairs on the front, walkers in the back, regular standing people all the way in the back. Regular standing people. I call dibs on wheelchair. Truly. You know, like Yo, break so- your leg just so you can sit the whole show. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, like everybody we bring on is box five, but we know like you're really not box five without riding on the struggle bus. You have to like slowly work your way through every one of the boxes. And then, you know, you can really feel your oats eventually when, you know, you work through the imposter syndrome. But like, what were some moments of adversity where you didn't ever feel like you were going to be box five again? Or like whether it's in the activity or outside or just like, wow, I'm a mess. Like what is going on here? And, um, you know, how did you pull from like your strengths and color guard to like get yourself out of that? Mm. I think one that's more recent was going into Friendswood um, and kind of getting myself through um, the acceptance of where I was and what I've proven to go into that, but also kind of going into Phantom um, and um, going through my, going through my trial and error in 2018 of um, feeling like I had to be one certain way and giving in a certain way and understanding um, how to meet in the middle for that um, to provide the best experience for my students, but also to provide, you know, high quality, like my actual job and be good at my job. <laughs> um, so I think, I think for me, I went through a patch in that where um, I maybe didn't find the balance that I needed to or was not truly providing um, the best um, version of myself uh, because I was constantly pulling and tugging on, am I doing it right or not right? And I feel like I really went through like 100% of an imposter syndrome through that where I just um, was constantly questioning what I was capable of doing. And I also hadn't found my my cajones yet. Like I was still like, girl, you are a caption head, you know, like you are, you are supposed to be all these people, right? Vulnerable moment. Um, Cause everyone goes through this and I know they do. Um, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm about to say no to this like hall of famer or like, how do I say no to this person? Like, how do I do this to this person? How do I stand up for my group in this way? How do I do this? How do I transcend into that role um, and accept that I'm in that role? So I think 2018, uh, uh, taking over Phantom that first year was that for me. Um, and by 2019, um, and again, with the right support system, and even in 2018, going into 2019 is a completely different beast. Um, definitely approached it in a different way, showed up with my my pants right high with the, with the cute, like, 
high waist with my crop top. Um, and I like came in ready to do the thing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a completely different experience than what that was for my students and for myself and for the staff and for everybody. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think for me, that really was the most recent and the, the most prominent just because of the caliber of what it was. Um, but at the same time, it was also so humbling in a lot of ways. So it's like that balance beam, right? Um, that even planning for 2020 and like, you know, Phantom was revamping again. Um, and so like, I always joke around like, what's who's gonna be on the chopping block? Cause that's what drum corps feels like sometimes. Like who's gonna be chopped this time? So every time the season ends, you're just kind of like hoping it's not your head. Um, but when Phantom like was revamping for 2020 and then obviously virtual summer happened and even, you know, getting to work with those with those people virtually in 2020 and now even planning for what whatever 2021 is going to be. Um, I definitely feel more cemented because of what 2018 was for me in the trial and errors um, of my first year as caption head. And, um, you know, just for me, it's, it's always making sure that I'm uh, constantly self-aware and always constantly willing to learn and know that um, there is more room to keep climbing the boxes and maybe not be box five, but be box 10 or, you know, whatever that may be. But um, that's part, that's part of it too, um, is, is always truly allowing yourself to be a student um, while owning the places that you're at as well. So it's like a, a little bit of a teeter-totter balance for that. But um, yeah, for sure. That, I think 2018 might be the best example of that for me. A complex place to be to like literally be a caption head of a place with so much history and also like be willing to learn and learn and grow in that moment god it's so crazy too to think that from the like from an outside perspective that people have no idea what the hell you're going through like mm -hmm. at, like whatsoever and that like in order to be in those roles you do have to put this front on that like everything's fine we're fine the shit's burning behind me but we're good everyone's yeah. fine. you know yeah. and i think um it takes it takes a lot to be able to do that and be like i this is really stressful and there's a lot of other things happening but at the end of the day it's like it's for the students like you're we do this because like we give back and even like we get very little back when it comes to monetary but you know it's like yeah. we we give back because we want these students to have similar experiences or a better experience than what we had and that right at right. the end of the day like all all the shit that's burning around us it'll go away the it will subside and that like as it's like day by day sort of thing because um i've i felt that with um the program i i teach now that it's like it's like, all right, how there's all, all these different hurdles that you have to jump over, but still be like, like, look like you're pulled together to your students. And it's right. like, and you're like, okay, like stressed, but like where everything's good, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And, and in the same, in the same realm of it, when, when I, you know, when I mentioned the humbling part of it, um, is that friendly reminder of when you were a student and when you were on the, on a, in a different role, like sometimes we lose sight of what other people do for you and the appreciation behind that. Right. So it's like, you know, when we're marching or whatever, we're like, well, we didn't like this. We didn't like that. Let me put it on the staff review, but you don't take the time to back off and also accept and understand that there's other things happening, which is part of anything that you do. Right. Sometimes we lose appreciation of the things that people do for you. That's why um, one of my life mottos and in how I teach and how I, um, the expectation I set on my students is that, is don't forget the 
Don't forget to say thank you to the bus driver when you get off. Don't forget to say thank you to the person that holds the front door for you. Don't forget to say thank you to those moms who spent hours putting those goodie bags for you. Don't forget to say thank you to your teachers when you walk out. You don't know what kind of day they're having. Don't forget to say thank you, you know, to whoever for whatever reason. Um, and don't forget to appreciate all the things that happen behind the scenes um, and make sure that you're constantly walking with that. Um, so when I, when I mentioned that humbling part of it is like in 2018, that was kind of like a reset moment for me. I was like, damn, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for that. I'm messaging people. Like, I'm sorry if I did this, like, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, cause you, you like, that's, that's a reminder that we sometimes need. It's like, dang, like we really do go the extra mile for all of these things and whatever caliber, of color guard that you're in, like we give so much because we love what we do so much, but we also love the people that we're teaching and the people that we're a part of. Um, and I think that that's such an important thing um, for people to know lose sight of. So whoever's listening to this, man, like whatever day you're having, whatever's going on, like be grateful that you woke up and be grateful for the smallest of things. Like start a journal. I have my little grateful journal and every night, three things that the smallest that it might be that I'm genuinely thankful for. Like you guys, I'm so thankful that you thought of me and that you, you know, uh, brought me on this and give, gave me a platform and gave so many people a platform and they're giving so much to our community. It really does take a lot. It takes a lot of your time and you know it's definitely for the love of what you do so also a huge thank you to you guys really appreciate it well thanks thank we kind, of, we kind of forget that like what we do is making an impact i feel you know like i feel like we just have our little corner of the world where we yeah bring in people that have been in our like our community but it's like we said it earlier like it's first time chatting and it's it's so nice to just be able to chat freely and not feel there there's no pressure and there's yeah no or barriers to jump through exactly so like um it's it's really nice to um to hear that but uh yeah i feel like too um when i don't know like half the time we're like laser focused on things we got blinders on that we're only looking at like what's directly in front looking of us for and, you know quarterfinals day or the exactly. next regional and, and like it's so nice to be like like move the blinders like and really get to see what's around you and just be thankful that like you're there in the first place you know so on your best and your worst days always be thankful for that yeah especially in a place like drum corps like if it wasn't for like so much just like luck there's like there's a lot of us wouldn't have been able to do it mm -hmm. <clears throat> so true but yeah, this was this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being you and for you know leading with your love, Stephanie. Thank um, you. <laughs> what is next for you, especially with uh, this whole COVID situation? What are you looking forward to this season? Um, I'm for sure looking forward for the winter. I think I'm ready for that next step. I have taken such a huge appreciation for the way we're we're doing the fall season. We're not we're not competing or doing anything like that. So um, I have regained a whole. Um, new love for how we are producing at Friendswood and how we're teaching and um, just kind of getting back in the groove of that. And it's just been so enjoyable because there hasn't been any pressure. Um, but at the same time, there is pressure because you're getting ready for the winter. Um, so it's been a really fun like reset with that, but I'm definitely looking forward for the winter and what um, that could be in the possibility behind that. I'm excited um, to see what's going to happen with Phantom in 2021 and what's going to happen with Drum Corps in general, um, you know, and whatever uh, 
whatever direction our activity is going to be going with that. Um, I'm excited to, um, I'm currently moving, so I'm excited for that new chapter. Not the way I wanted to move out, but definitely excited for what that's going to be um, moving forward. Because again, when life redirects you, it's redire redirecting you to something um, else. And also, man, I love traveling. So I'm like booking all these flights. Y'all flights are cheap. Get out there and travel if you can. Don't forget to wear your mask when you're traveling. No, I, I've been on a, too many flights, um, but like I have like my extra hand sanitizer, my disposable gloves and my my mask mm -hmm. and my face shield. And as soon as I got on the plane, like the disposable gloves are on, hand sanitizer on everything. No shame. Down and spritz, then, spritz. Yep. And then I just throw off the gloves and just spray the person to next to me. Make sure yes. <laughs> yes. And other people look at you and they're like, mm, can I have some? I'm like, gladly, like let's spread the wealth here. Okay? <laughs> so I'll be safe. Yeah, that's awesome. Where are you moving to? Um, well, I'm originally from Cyprus in Houston, Texas. It's like a suburb area. Mm -hmm. And so I'm moving back home with my parents um, mm -hmm. and kind of rebuilding that, saving some money, mm -hmm. um, and then kind of hopefully with my boyfriend moving out and finding our own place um, and kind of going through the search of that, continue to grow our love. Um, he's been definitely a, a, a big um, life change for me and it's been a huge gift um, in, in that sense um, of my personal life, right? Because I think that's one thing in Color Guard that sometimes we don't talk about. Um, like we are like constant Sunday to Sunday um, that I haven't really given my space in the last six years to, to like date and be in love and like, you know, really, really enjoy that side of, of, um, you know, my life as human. So that walked into my life again, perfect timing. Um, and so getting to enjoy him and enjoy whatever's going to come next, whatever our story is going to be. Um, it's been a great ride and it's been super fun. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to growing with him and sharing that part of that on my personal life. So Definitely, definitely. I feel, I feel like lots of, lots of good light, right? 2020 has been like a huge reset and lots of question marks and still lots of like WTFs. But I, one thing is for sure, we are all being reborn in one way, shape or form. So um, definitely excited to see what, how we're all being redirected and what's to come for us. So interesting that we kind of forget our personal lives even exist when we do color guard that yeah. like, that we have this like whole other side to us or like right might not even be a whole side might be like a quarter of a side because like let's be real <laughs> like yeah. color guard takes over so it's uh, that's yeah that's so good to hear though it's so uh, I love yeah. I love I love hearing people doing well yeah. like that's, uh, I missed being in love man <laughs> it was super I could fun. talk about that for a while <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been so emotional these last two months uh oh, I feel you emotional down. with love it's been it's good right right yeah so these quick fire questions are just like first answer that comes to mind none of them are color guard related so it's just like bah, bah, bah. um but okay so the first one is what is your ideal slice of pizza pepperoni done like 100 percent. and i would also get a pepperoni pizza tattooed on my body i've been wanting one on my finger but everyone keeps side-eyeing me but i love pepperoni I, I, pizza. I want one too i yeah. want, no, I want just... a pizza tattoo as well oh. I never even I thought like about the that finger. Yeah. I, I I might accidentally do it one day. I like, I like I that. Just, just accidentally leave your hand at a tattoo. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, oh no, pepperoni pizza, please. <laughs> yes, pepperoni all the way. Do you drink coffee? And if you do, how do you take it? Um, I do drink coffee, but I've backed off a lot during COVID because okay. I was super dependent of it. Um, but if, well, okay, I'm kind of lying to you right now because there's a cup of coffee over there. 
but I'm only drinking one. So the one I'm drinking, it's 6 p.m. <laughs> it is, but I also drink really slow. Okay. And I bought that one like at 1 p.m. Okay. But that's a salted caramel mocha and I like it with an extra shot. There we go. If you could have lunch with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? And John what? Mayer. John Mayer. John I've heard Mayer. some things about Mr. Mayer. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Because some things I want to get to know. It. Oh, me too. But John Mayer <laughs> is my everything. He is he is the gift uh, of music and lyrics and <laughs> and jams and funniness and sexiness. And Mason is sitting over here and he's probably like rolling his eyes, but it's fine. Because <laughs> John Mayer is everything. It's another this tattoo be- I would get. Oh yes. I want to get I want to get his iconic like flower from his wrist. So I'll get like a pizza in his flower. Wow. Uh probably not been friends beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) So uh what is your most prized possession that is not color related? My most prized possession? Okay, but like what category? Like what do you mean prized possession? What, what, what do you hold dearest to your heart that isn't like you know a color guard medal or something like that mm, i don't know that i have a price possession okay i could i could i could keep kind of say that it's this because i've had it for so long but i have um a little teddy bear that my parents gifted to me when i was a newborn and i literally still have it wherever i go i have the little the little I think it's like a bear meets a bunny kind of deal and it's like squishy, but I've had That's, that. So I guess I would consider that a prized possession because it's been with me since since I was born. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely a prized possession. That feels pretty pricey. Yeah, <clears throat> I, think, yeah. I feel like if I sold it on eBay, it might be worth $100. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe you should you should just put it up, list it. Don't sell I'm it. Not, I'm going to wait till, yeah, just to kind of see. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that little bunny. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's sentimental. It's yours. Like, you know, it's, it yeah. means a lot. Like, yeah, sounds prizey. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess lastly, if you had any advice to uh, give yourself or to the young people listening, what would you say? Besides hashtag post all your videos. Yeah. Hashtag do post all your videos because I want to like all of them. Hell yeah. um, <laughs> I think. The most important thing um, and something I always walk with, and again, Mama Chavez, no matter how hard something seems, right? Like whatever life throws your way, like even in the hardest transitions and even like in life right now, there is always a solution to everything. And that's such a hard concept to grasp to because you could be caught in the hardest time of your existence and you could truly feel like you can't get out of it. But you, we as human beings have the capacity to overcome anything and everything. So whatever you're going through, whatever you feel life is throwing your way, know that everything has a solution for it. You just have to be willing to find it. Um, And that is something that, had my mom not said that to me at the amount of times, like even right now with this transition I'm going through where there was a moment where I was like having, a, having like a personal crisis, like, no, there's a solution to everything. Get your butt up and keep on trucking and keep on moving and know that you're being redirected. I think that that is so important as human beings and in our activity too. Like there's a solution to it all. You just have to be willing to find it and work for it. So important. That's great advice. So simple, but so true. Yeah. Right. It's like so basic, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but where can the people find you? Like on social media? 
Yes. Yeah. Where okay. do you want to be found? Where do I want to be found? Hashtag post your videos. Hashtag post your videos. <laughs> um, I will literally be looking that up. I expect to see videos by tomorrow. You can find me at ChavezStephanie07 on Instagram and then Stephanie Chavez on Facebook. Um, yeah. And then if you ever need any help with anything, um, I'm actually teaching Spirit Independent World. So if you're from Houston, Texas, and you're looking for a world-class group, um, also follow Spirit Independent World. I can help you and, and talk to you there if you ever need any advice. Um, I love when people message about um, questions about color grind in general. That's my favorite thing. So if you ever need anything, yeah, come find me on Instagram, um, Spirit, Phantom, all that good stuff. That's where I'm at. Beautiful. Yeah. Round of applause for Stephanie yes. Chavez. Oh, I'm so glad we finally got to do this. And like when the world opens up again, we like need to hang out. But well, yeah. for real, I'm going to come visit. I'm not yes. joking. Yes. Yes. Okay, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, literally about to I, look for flights. Th- this friendship should have happened years ago <laughs> somewhere. Really? You should have. We, we were supposed to meet you in 2014. Oh my God. I know, honey. I, I was, oh, 2014 was been... like me, like at my peak. Oh my God, it was not even a mess. You would have just seen me like, I'm like, fine. <laughs> Beautiful. Damn. Dora was, <clears throat> they called him Dora. Dora was in his prime. Dora, Come on, really, Dora. Dora was exploring, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was good. <laughs> good Well, memory. thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. It was so fun. Oh, yeah, yes. this was awesome. Well, if awesome. y'all ever need anything, I'm here. Thank you guys. You guys are doing really great oh. stuff. So keep oh. on at it. Thank you. Thanks, thank girl. you. Love it. Right, I will have a good keep rest in touch. Night. Yes. Thank you. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Well, that was so much fun. Oh man. Like even as I edited this episode, like I was just smiling throughout the entire thing, just getting the chance to listen to it again and just um, be able to relive those moments of the conversation. And man, Stephanie is so much fun. That's honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because that's such a good part of this process that it's our, you know, little escape. And then when we go through and have the conversation again, it's like, I don't know, we're a little removed from it again. And it's just like, wow, this was, this was great. This was fun. I'm glad like out of all the nonsense that's going on, like these day in, these day and age, like we have this little corner to, um, you know, chit chat it up with some really awesome people and a really awesome activity that we have. I don't even think we mentioned at all, like we might've said like, oh, we're so happy we finally got to do this. But I don't think you realize that we've been trying to talk to Stephanie and like get this set up between the three of us since August. So being able to, (laughs) yeah, it's been a long while. So like really getting the opportunity, it was just like this this, um, long waited anticipation to be like, finally, like it was, it was gonna happen. We just didn't know when, um, but we're so, so thankful and so grateful for Stephanie coming on because um, I think she's a force to be reckoned with in, in this activity, a strong, strong female and like coming just, she is so my aesthetic as a person. So it's, it was just a lot of fun, but yeah, make sure you go support her spirit, um, independent world, the Phantom Regiment, follow her and all her and her journey, um, because she deserves all, all the credit. Good job to like her and everything she's done and her story. And yeah, like you said, we, we tried for a while and we finally got it on and we knew it was going to be good when it happened. So, you know, so, so many moving parts when you got three different people that you're trying to get in the same room and three different time zones, time zones, or all constantly doing something. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's been a 
been a good time. Well, with that, we have a couple of announcements. I guess just really one announcement for now. Um, so we are going to be moving to dropping an episode bi-weekly. So every other week, that's usually two episodes a month. And we're gonna stick to that for the rest of the year. So up, uh, the rest of November and the rest of December. Yeah, because we've got some really good stuff coming for you at the beginning of 2021. And, you know, we want to spend a little bit extra little TLC on the new and upcoming SciTai B5. You won't be disappointed uh, when the new year rolls around. But that being said, to continue to follow us and what we're doing and the improvements we're making to SciTai B5 on the weekly basis, follow us on all social media platforms, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter at SYTYB5 or how the cool kids say it, SciTai B5. Oh, you best believe it. So you think you are box five. You actually are, okay, okay, don't don't you doubt, doubt yourself. Okay, you right, you right. Silly me. About to be box five quarantine, let's go. Out two, that's box 10. Oh my God, box five twice? You a whole decade. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> Leave me alone. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, on that note, Sata V5, we out. out.